On March the 8th, two referendums will be held on the same day in which voters will be asked whether they want to change the wording of the Constitution on issues relating to the family and care. The deadline for registering to vote is tomorrow. You've been sending us your questions on the referendums and over the next three Mondays we'll be putting those questions, as many as we can, to the Chair of the Electoral Commission, Justice Marie Baker, who's with us in our studio this morning. You're very welcome to Morning Aaron. Thank you Thank for coming Thank you very much. Today. This is a very important forum for us and I'm glad to be here. Let's start off with the, the general question. What are people being asked to vote for and how will the proposed changes be presented on the ballot paper? Well, they'll be presented um, in, in two questions. In fact, both questions concern that part of the Constitution dealing with the family and in turn that deals with the um, part of the constitution concerning fundamental rights. So we're in that that sphere of the constitution. You're being asked to deal with first a proposal to change the definition or meaning of a family, the family unit in the constitution and that's the family referendum as it's called and the second is to delete the provision which recognises the work done by women in the home and replace it with a more general provision which recognises the the, the, the good, the common good and the support to society that will be provided by care generally within the home. Um, they're complex. I'm not pretending they're not. Um, and we are attempting, it's our job to explain them. We we have the, a booklet, but I think people will also find before you ask me any specific questions, there's quite a lot of material now on our website under the FAQs. So people can look there for slightly more detail and some links to other materials. And you have a copy of both the Constitution and your information. I'm walking around with the Constitution all the time at the moment. Right, let's dip into the questions um, from listeners. A question from Jennifer. Less than a month to go and I still have not received my information booklet. How are we supposed to make informed decisions without this? We should have plenty of time to consider our position. You should. Um, First of all, our website is live. Second of all, I understand the booklets are are actually landing on people's on people's doors. We couldn't prepare these booklets until we got the actual wording of the of the of the of the proposed amendments, which was actually less than four weeks ago. We had to print 2.3 million copies and on post has to deliver them all. I think at the rate of 150,000 a day, it's it's a big job. Question from Michael. If these referendums pass, who will benefit from the proposed changes and, and what will the changes mean for us? No, that's a really hard question. I have to go back a little bit to, to, to explain to that listener what a constitution does. Constitutions express, this part of our constitution expresses the fundamental rights, uh, the fundamental rights that an Irish person enjoys um, and that they are the rights against which legislation is tested. So when legislation is being drafted, they are the backdrop. And if legislation comes to be tested or administrative action comes to be tested in the courts, they are the rights against which legislation is tested. So in many cases, uh, the exact wording of the Constitution doesn't have a direct, immediate consequence for legislation, but legislation has to be looked at or can be tested. These two provisions are proposals to change what are very general phrases in the Constitution to other very general phrases. So how they play out in legislation will depend first on what what the Oireachtas does, because nothing here displaces the obligation and power of the Oireachtas to pass legislation that meets the constitutional needs. And also nothing displaces the power of the court ultimately to decide what they mean. So no direct immediate consequence, but a declaration of principle and a statement of principle against which legislation and 
action, administrative action, is tested. Question from Maeve. What are, quote, durable relationships? And after being tested in the courts, can we be confident that the interpretation will not become so fluid as to render the term meaningless? Can I start at the back of that question and uh, tell you what judges are doing when they're interpreting the Constitution? Um, There is an impression that a judge interpreting a constitutional provision is completely at large. So that's, I think, what the listener means when he or she says the answer could be very fluid. When 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 the courts come to interpret the Constitution, they do so in the context of the language, the place in the Constitution where the language is found, but also precedent. Years, years and years and years of case law. And in this particular case, there also, I suspect, be a court which will look at how, how that language is used in other international instruments, like, for example, the Convention on Human Rights or whatever. Um, there, there's language around marriage and language around the family in, in, in some of those instruments. So we, I can say a number of things about that, and it's not straightforward, really. Firstly, this would be, if the word durable relationships does come to, to, to define the family unit, it will be a constitutional word. It will come first, as I've said to you already, to find its way into legislation. And we would expect, if this referendum passes, that durable relationships will be defined in legislation and that legislation will be looked at in the light of that different definition of the family. The courts will then, in certain cases, and we don't know how long it might take before uh, the, the, the the, the concept would fall to be decided by the courts, the courts will look at it in that context. As the Chief Justice said recently, the judges are, we're not there at large to decide what they mean. We're not there to say what people think they mean. We're there to say what the words mean in the context in which they're found. Question from Adam. Will a single mother and her children be recognised as a family if the referendum is passed? Again, I have to go back a a few stages here. What we're talking about in Article 41.1 at the moment is the recognition that the state gives to the family, the family unit in society. And it describes it as a primary and fundamental unit of society and a, a unit which has rights which are imprescriptible. In other words, they, 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 are, they are before law, they're before legislation. The, the ministers and the Taoiseach have already identified certain classes of family units that it, they, they regard as being within the definition. But as I said to you already, the definition will be ultimately decided by the courts, but seen in the context in which it is. We're talking about the unit, the family unit, with a capital F, if, if, you'll, if you'll forgive me for pointing out that. Um, the family unit founded on marriage is the family unit that now has constitutional protection. And as recently as three weeks ago, the Supreme Court identified that as being the correct way to look at the family unit. Durable relationships... Um, is a phrase, as I said, that that will be a constitutional phrase if it's included. And the minister has said that the relationship that is continuing, intending to endure, committed, etc. The Supreme Court recently identified a number of classes of relationships that might come within that definition, including people who cohabit, 
um, one parent families arose in that context as well. So it seems likely that they will be the kind of relationships that we mean, but they're units in society forming that kind of role. A similar question. You may have already answered this. It's a question from Gay. What about a, a grandparent, not just a grandparent who's a guardian, but a grandparent who lives with their child and grandchildren as a multi-generational unit? The grandparent question I've been asked before, and it's tricky. First of all, as a matter of law now, a grandparent can be made a guardian of a child. That's under under the amended guardianship of infant legislation. Um, A grandparent living with children where the parents are no longer there available to mind the children would probably relatively easily be seen as a family unit. But I can't give you that. I can't give you an opinion about this. I simply say there are indicators that that is what that 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 unit would be included. The grandparents living with with their children and the next generation down. Really, I don't know. I don't know how the Arachthus will come to define those rights and how ultimately the courts will say it. I'm not here, remember, to give an opinion as to what it means. I'm here to explain to the Irish people that it's a word that's not entirely unfamiliar in our law, but it would be a new word, a new constitutional word. I'm going to move on to questions specific to the care referendum. And bear in mind that you're back with us for the next few months. There's a fair amount to say about both referendums. So any of the questions that we haven't got to today, don't worry, we, we will have the next few Mondays to do so. A question from Alice on the care referendum. I worked outside the home and wasn't even aware of Article 41.2. It never prevented me from working while being a wife and mother. Why is this change being proposed and what would it mean if passed? Why it's being proposed is a question really for, for your politicians. Um, what it will mean um, is, is a change in the recognition given to care. Um, and again, can I go back to what 40, 41.2 says? 41.2, which is what's now called the women in the home provision, says that the state recognises that by her life in the home, woman provides an important support for society and for the common good. And goes on then to say that the state will endeavour to ensure that mothers will not be obliged to go out to work to the neglect of their duties in the home. That's the word. They're the words. It's proposed to remove that entire two phrase, two, two paragraphs, in fact, and replace it with a phraseology that's, I think, fair. it's fair to say it's gender neutral. It's care provided by anybody. I'm surprised the listener hadn't heard about the, the provision before because it's often said that the Irish Constitution says women's place is in the home. It doesn't say that. It recognises that the work in the home is important for society and the common good. The proposal is that the recognition would be afforded to all care within the within within the home by men or women or people who don't identify as either men or women, um, mothers or fathers or whoever they might be. Um, the there again, it w- it's not possible, nor would it be appropriate for me to say what direct effect that would have. Um, but it, the, the Oireachtas again go back to what I said a moment ago. The Oireachtas would have to look at legislation to see if there are places where the spirit and meaning and intent of that provision was not properly been met in legislation. Last one for this morning. If the referendum is passed, and this is a question from Farah, will the term mother appear any longer in the Irish Constitution? Uh, the answer is it will not. Uh, the word woman will, 
but the word mother would not would no longer appear. Justice Marie Baker, thank you very much for coming into our studio. Thank you. You're going to be back next week uh, to answer further questions about these two referendums and the following Monday. If you have a question that you want answered, still time about one or both of these referendums, then email it to us here at referendum at rte.ie.